0: Hello and welcome to the Soup podcast, the virtualization podcast that's always on the nice list. It's the week before Christmas and we've wrapped some festive tinsel around the head and put Christian on the end of a tree. Helping us drink some virtualization eggnog and get into a fight over Monopoly later are festive friends of the show, Julian Wood and Matt Northam. Hi guys.
1: Hello guys. Hey, how are you doing? You've got a, a duo of sappers on today.
0: Exactly, we thought, but, uh, you know, it's always better than one. So, are you guys doing anything special for Christmas?
2: Except putting me on top of a tree? <laughs> That's pretty special, I guess. But... You need a good tear out. you be
1: the best-looking angel we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. but
0: when you're speaking of Christmas, I, I, I accidentally watched the, the Grumpy Cat movie the other day. Uh, I'd like to say it was because my daughter requested it specifically, but it was also because I fancied a couple of hours of my life that I wasn't going to get back.
1: <laughs> I think um, my Christmas is going to be as busy as Julian's. We're both twins of dad. Uh, dads of twins, even. twins, of dads, twins.
2: <laughs> how, how does twins of dad work? <laughs>
1: uh, I get confused with Julian and Ed Grigson. I still think secretly they're twins. Everyone would to say, oh, really. Separate. Uh, Nice busy Christmas, lots of presents, and we're off to the lovely Isle of Wight for Christmas. So should be fun. No IT inside. Looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, so a, a nice, a nice sort of tech tech free holidays.
1: Yeah, if you've been to the Isle of Wight, pretty much going back thirty years in time. Uh, great fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't show off and wear shoes or anything like
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm not travelling anywhere, which is blissfully. Lovely not to have to think about jumping on a plane with the mad hordes heading somewhere over Christmas. So yeah, it'll be a nice Christmas in London.
0: Uh, excellent, always, uh, always good for that. Um, I just got think- thinking the other day of, of you know these bizarre Christmas traditions they're and whether sort of tech is going to get get more involved in it. And you know, my daughter last year, aged four, got a tablet. Uh, this this year, I've um, after seeing them at a Microsoft event. I bought one of these uh Sphero robots. Oh
3: yeah. I yeah one brilliant. of those. It's just like a it,
0: self-propelled tennis ball.
3: <laughs> they are uh, cool.
0: With uh, you know of course there's an educational value because it it's allegedly programmable. Um but it's just cool. But any any uh, interesting tech toys again sort of my my daughter's uh she she wants one of these new uh, newer robo dog things. Um, but thankfully, she hasn't asked for a, uh, a hyper converged network. So that's, <laughs> that's probably the main thing. I'm, I'm happy it's not. that next I, year. Yeah, yeah, but as you say, it's the wrapping up and trying to put it together on Christmas Eve when you're half cut um, is always a little bit tricky. That's where the gaffer tape comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. when is a hyper converged infrastructure not hyper converged?
3: Well, when you bolt something else onto it yeah,
0: yeah. you st- stick a filer onto the side of it
3: um yeah is okay, it so a- was the filer on the
1: side or is it on top or
0: as part of, of yeah it, it confused me because everyone seems to be doing this now isn't it Power have also released their file personality it sounds i don't like the word personality when it comes to storage because that implies that it's going to go wrong at some point um, or it's moody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like my storage to be very, very boring
2: and just work. But as we all know, Ed comes from the storage world, and he has somewhat of a personality at least. So we know how storage admins are. So I don't, I don't want to add personality to my storage. <laughs> I get not enough attitude from the storage people.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it depends on your storage guys. You got old storage guys and new storage guys because the technology varies pretty pretty greatly these days. The, so what's
0: what's the difference between an old storage guy and a new storage guy? These sound like cracker jokes today.
3: Pretty <laughs> the new the new storage guys are flashy. Ooh! Yeah, they're more
4: like like yeah, fuzzy talk and whatnot. Whereas the older guys are are more focused on if it's not if they're not attaching their lungs to a Unix machine, it sucks.
1: The older guys can spin you a story. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, oh they get, they must, they're getting rusty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that,
2: but what's, what's the deal with sticking a file on, on, on the side of Evo I, I don't get that one I, 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 I sincerely have tried reading that stuff over and over again but I still don't get the point okay, why, so why would I do that
1: so I read that first NetApp release I didn't know what they were doing was it just me? There was no details. They were kind of doing something. There was a bit of net up on top. There was no details. You know, I still don't know who the server manufacturer is on this Evo Rail box they're giving out. No. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm with Christian on this. Why? So I get with like Nexenta doing it and you need edit services on top and data services like with Atlantis and Pernix on top of vSAN. Yeah, a sure. whole reference architecture with it that you're doing, uh, it was odd.
3: Well, if I think we there are a few things at play. First, I mean, yep. first of all, for people to understand that it's not NetApp on vSAN, it's yep. NetApp and vSAN, and the NetApp and the vSAN are completely different entities. The plan being that you store your VMs on vSAN and you use your NetApp for your SIFS, your NFS, all your other kind of stuff. So the box that's really good at doing dedupe, but really good at doing VMs, has all the replication and all that kind of stuff for v- VMs, don't put your VMs on that box. You put them on vSAN. That makes sense to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, but where, where's the news in that? I mean, you can connect whatever external storage you want to an Evo Railbox anyway. Yeah. So, what's with uh, packaging? What's what's? Uh,
0: I'm looking, looking forward to the uh, the Netgear and Ready
3: uh, Evo Rail announcement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the Lego one. Ready NAS.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think there are two things. I think part of it's a, a Me Too because EMC has is doing uh, a proper uh, evoRails with. You know, storage in, and they're going to mm-hmm. bundle recover point as additional software in on that. So, definitely NetApp needs another check in a box to say, Yet yeah, we also do EvoRail plus our filer. Yeah, but why, why not? I think the why idea that, is. Why, <laughs> so why not? Mm. I think NetApp is actually, because in one respect NetApp has been lagging for a number of years now. I mean, EMC has bought so many different things. EMC will sell sell you storage for every possible scenario you can think of in your enterprise, in your service provider, in your wherever, from all flash down to spinning rust at various price points, at various scale-out, various things that don't upgrade properly. They do it well, they do it badly, but they do everything. And you know, NetApp has taken years to move to the clustered tap, which is all good. But I think in that time, people have thought that they've wasted time and they've sort of lost their mojo that they had with uh, virtualization. But saying that, maybe they have a trick up their sleeve where I think NetApp in the future is not really seeing themselves as a storage providing storage, providing storage in terms of disks and that kind of thing, but actually as a storage management company. Okay. Because their whole big kick is all about cloud storage and I think that's actually rather clever. Oh, because, the
0: whole sort of cloud on tap thing.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean that's a really cool thing. So you could have your and this is one of the benefits that EMC laugh at NetApp about having you know their single OS, single uh, s- single management thing that, you know, they laugh and say, well, that's just silly, you need to have different management, and NetApp have for years laughed back and go, oh, yeah, but look how easy it is. If you buy our smallest box, if you buy our biggest box, it's the same interface, it's the same operating system. Well, yeah, now, if you... you ex-
2: doing doing that now internally as well, so they'll get yeah. there at some point anyway, so...
3: I know. So, I mean, it is the marketing back and forth. But the advantage of having that single management is if you now extend that into the cloud, where now you can be running NetApp on Azure, you can run NetApp on, uh, I think a Soft City, or, or Soft you can run NetApp on, eight, on Amazon. And so you can now have your internal storage on your on-premises private cloud snap mirroring to your external storage, be it in any other cloud provider, with the same tools you use um, as you do now. And it's just another file is running somewhere on another cloud. There's yeah, definitely sure. benefits in that. And I think maybe they're extending that to EvoRail, that now, okay, so you have your Eva Rail in your small branch office and you store all your users' uh, packages. Cat pictures and MP3 files and uh, <clears throat> uh, iTunes, YouTube force downloads, and those are then can now be snap mirrored either into the cloud for backup or also snap mirrored to your head office for backup. But it does seem like a kludge. A I'd rather, I'd rather Why? just have a, a hyper-converged, purely NetApp without the vSAN.
2: Yeah, that, either that or you provide the data services on top on vSAN and manage that with uh, on car. Yeah and provided as as an appliance in, internally to the Rail stuff. That would you make a lot of sense.
3: Technically, that sounds great, but the problem is you're paying for your storage twice, and, you know, looking at how vSAN, and you would have your deduplication, your your, your sync mirror, your uh, snap mirror, all that kind of stuff. But that's going to cost you. I mean, that's, you know, EVRL is certainly not as cheap as I think it should be.
2: No, not even close.
3: Um.
0: Yeah, I do, I do think they kind of missed a missed a big point. Um, it seems it seems expensive. Um, you know, not only when you factor in the cost of the the underlying hardware, um, but the the back end sto- the back end networking. So we've established, yes, it needs some ten gig, and pretty much if you're going to do anything. Hyper-converged, 10 gig is important. Got it, fine. But it, it seems that there's specific um, requirements around multicast, for example, um, and that you need to really check check over that switch specifications with a fine-tooth comb.
3: Which all adds cost.
0: Those combs yeah. don't come cheap.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, it does, but that's, that's kind of the... Uh... <laughs> I mean... EvoRail is, is interesting. Uh, I think VMware has kind of missed the mark by quite a bit with its licensing and pack- packaging deals as it is right now. But th- then again, it's it, it's it's a good... Uh, it, it's a good building block if they price it right. And I hopefully, they'll do something about that. But the thing is, if you're going to use vSAN between all of this stuff, you have to really have to have a good top-of-rack switch anyway. That's going to cost you a bit. And then... If you then add a filer next to it to get NetApp uh, features data services features on top of that again, it kinda the, uh, the, uh, kind of outgrows uh, the the kind of marketing spin that's been put on it with regards to small branch offices and, and stuff like that it, yeah you might as well buy something completely different <laughs> that if yeah. that's your I mean, rental.
3: M- Let's talk an I oh, don't know an HP server Deal three hundred and sixty with you know enough RAM to run some stuff. Uh, I mean, what they are eight to ten thousand pounds each or something. <coughs> Call it another eight thousand pounds for enterprise plus. Uh, so say sixteen to twenty thousand pounds times four of them is eighty thousand pounds. Okay, that doesn't include storage. But <coughs> if you're going to then add a filer onto that or something else, that's still cheaper than Rail. Mm. which is a shame because I think Eva rail I think vSAN is an awesome idea. Um, the fact that it's just one click to set it up, pretty much. Um, obviously, it has some, you know, challenges at the moment with a v1 product. Uh, but yeah, conceptually, uh, that's what you want to do. That's Storage is far too complicated out there in the world. It's far too expensive. The whole point of something like vSAN commodity hardware uh cheap as anything you know expand virtualization into those all those corner offices smbs uh, remote office branch office for a low price point and vmware is getting its revenue for many many more years but yeah. overpriced it's a seriously big branch office though isn't it I mean, if you think of the, of the branch of a branch office that would require
0: um well from a server virtualization point of view I don't know that many branches that have sort of you know, 100 VMs or so. You, you, we're not just talking yeah. a regional sales office here. That would be, I suppose, yeah, if, if head office is in the US and the branch office happens to be the U, whole of the UK. Um, as, yeah, That but that's not really bra- branchy. I mean, you know, branch office... Five price 000.
2: right now, like that would be the scenario. But the fact of the matter is, if we look at the Norwegian market, for instance, one Evo rail in itself would be enough to power ninety percent of Norwegian businesses. One of them yeah. would be enough to run most local businesses here. Anyway, hundred VMs is way more than they need. Anyway,
0: yeah. So I, I suppose perhaps from a, a VDI point of view, you know, t- two hundred seats in an office actually isn't that many um and you know if you're clever I suppose if you're then clever with your filers and you have all of the the file data that that those you know for user profiles and stuff um shared shared files and things replicated through a different file environment and you've actually got just a local uh, desktop
2: infrastructure um, that kind of makes sense yeah, but you could do that in software now. Instead of adding a filer to it, you could you could add Nexenta Connect for VSAN on top of that, and you have everything you need directly in the same box without needing to to put a, a different vendor's filer stuff on top of it as well.
0: True, true. But, Although like,
2: putting a second on isn't always necessary. At
0: the end of the world, you know. Right. Uh, it gives you some places like to have that multi-vendor strategy
2: just in case vSAN has
0: something that makes it go horribly tits up.
2: Yeah, but if it does, the entire rail box does. So Yeah. you are screwed anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you might as well go. Ahead. Um yeah. That's where your that's where your your um <laughs> that's where your vCenter is, right? And that's yep. as we know not really fault tolerant at the moment. So
4: <clears throat> well I'm not I I read that post uh, that's Mesh's post yep. about yep. Uh, vCenter not being 100% available. I mean, they state that, yeah, there is the five-minute downtime. But, I mean, what what is availability? I mean, are they saying, like, uh, just, like, switch over, like just lose a couple seconds? or
3: That's what it should be. I mean, I think it's crazy in this day and age that, Vcenter is still hobbled with this uh, monolithic uh, architecture. I mean I wrote a blog post 4 years ago about um, Vcenter and its availability and that was that was caused by a uh, a big VDI environment I was putting in and Vcenter failed with a corruption in the database and it took 4ish mm. hours to recover because you know that vi- vi- the vCenter heartbeat, uh, that corruption in the database was instantaneously replicated to the other node as perfectly as you could possibly <laughs> want. <laughs> Fail over that node, off you go. And yeah, I mean, that's VDI. That was, you know, I think seven to 800 users down for four hours just due to due, due to uh, virtual center. And yeah, that, uh, especially, that pu- especially hmm. in a VDI environment, that's a problem. And that, and that pushed a project to migrate 160 hosts from uh, vSphere to Zen server. Just for that, saddened me like crazy, but that's the reality of it. Now, four years later, in fact, it's even worse because you haven't got vCenter heartbeat. Okay, vCenter itself is definitely way more robust. Um, It's not hugely expensive, so you just land up having loads of them. So, I don't know, every 200 VMs you have it, so have a vCenter, you've obviously got an orchestration issue with that. But for VDI, if you've got Horizon or Zen desktop, uh, pointing to Marshall, Bull, virtual center servers, not really a big deal. But uh, I know they're working on it and they've been saying so for many years. Um, I thought they missed a trick. The, you know, the new appliance came out, not new, mm-hmm. but the <coughs> vCenter appliance came out. Ah, oh, awesome, that's going to be fantastic. Surely they've re-architected, re-architected with it in a way that you can just scale it out. And no, they haven't.
2: But they have done that with, uh, what's the new name now? VRealps V Realize Operations. V- Realize Operations yeah. Yeah.
3: It's it's VC ops.
2: Let's just agree that
3: it's VC <laughs> uh, I, I deployed that today. It's yeah. actually excellent. Bring up the second node, say it's a data node, I want it H A. Click, yeah. click, done. Yeah. Uses GemFire that that replicated VMware previously VMware owned database. Mm-hmm. Job done.
2: Yeah, exactly. So hopefully that that'll happen with vCenter as well, but I don't see that on the in, in the next release. So I'm not sure we're we're not going to be there come come March anyway but that should happen sooner rather than later it's yeah. uh it's it, its a bit bit of a, a disgrace really that it's still an issue with vCenter. center
3: yeah I wonder where how bold vMware is going to be or if the ultimate plan with the new V realized brand is to actually move that management in the cloud yeah and actually have whatever it's going to be called, vCenter cloud. And yes, some people who don't want to have all their management in the cloud could have a local appliance that manages it <clears throat> manages it locally, but ultimately federating vCenters around the world in the cloud, multi-data center, all talking together, that must be the plan in the future, that it's actually going to be a cloud-based model.
2: Yeah, but we're still seeing, we're still going to have sites that won't have the required connectivity for that. I, I come from yes, the shipping but, business, and I, I, and I mention that a lot. But the thing is, once you have a 1,000 milliseconds of latency and 256K uh, satellite connections, you can't use a vCenter in the cloud to manage the, yeah. those installations. There's no way that's going to work.
1: But also, well, it's your management network, right? So you put your management network on a secure, isolated network anyway, So now I've got to put it in the cloud. Okay, which cloud? If I have to run it on, please correct me if I get the wrong name, vCloud Air, is that in every country then? Because that's my management traffic. That's where my audit's being done. And great, there are some great new management solutions that are out there that are all cloud-based, but yeah, they're typically US-focused or AWS government cloud-focused. It has challenges. And I'll say, when I joined VMware in 2007, my first roadmap session was about federated VC, it's coming. That was yeah. 2007. I was over the moon, you know, having deployed this stuff within Compaq and HP internally, struggled from a 2.0 to 3.5 rollout, and VC was a pain in the butt, but we had some clever deck Unix guys that did HA before then, and we, you know, protected it in other ways. This was a godsend, and, yeah, it's seven years now. <laughs> um, hmm. Maybe it's a seven-year itch. There you go, Julian. It's a seven-year itch. They're <laughs> going to do something about it. <laughs>
2: You can stick a filer on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, where, where is? Uh, well, I, I'm, they re-
1: I, they recently bought a distributed memory or database company? Didn't VMware? Yeah. That yeah, I yeah. think could be used for federated management because GemFire sits under Pivotal. So you could argue, depending on what EMC do at the next big shareholder meeting. Um, with the activist shareholders and what happens to Pivotal, you know, w- what is the control over Gemfire? Because it would be a great resource to use going forward, but it would be mean bringing it under the VMware um, stable as such. But they recently bought that new company, so is that then the first step towards building out a more distributed, federated virtual center for that? I love your idea. And will SSO map to that? Because I know Julian loves SSO. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love your idea of the shareholders meeting at EMC, Matt. It reminds me of like a sort of a 70s swingers party where they all kind of <laughs> throw their product sets into a bowl in the middle and everyone takes a good old dip in.
1: <laughs> well, in this case, oh, it's to... Elliot management's causing it. And, you know, Joe Tucci said, yeah, there is that big meeting where they're going to decide what happens. So I think a lot of people are waiting on bated breath about. Not, not me, um, you know, the investment community, what, what's going to happen at this meeting and what are the decisions that are going to be made? Because um, it could have a big impact on certain areas with, within the federation now.
2: Yeah, from from what I'm hearing, uh, basically VMware internally is moving away from doing EMC stuff anyway. Uh, so it's, it, it seems a bit like VMware is readying itself internally uh, to be parted from EMC at some point. So that it'll be interesting to see, but I I, I have a sneaky suspicion that everyone's kind of uh, looking that to that happening anyway.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's still bit a bit of chatter about it. I mean, uh, when they first started talking, it almost seemed like a joke. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it's it's gaining some momentum here and there.
1: Well, you've got VCEs now pulled under the EMC banner. Yeah, and with Cisco going with. So I need to get this right now.
3: Cure storage.
1: They had the, well, no, they had the Invictus, Invictus oh, yeah. array they bought for his Whiptail, and then that is that now being sold again because that got stopped, and then being sold again. Then they did the OEM deal where Sim, well, Simplivity did the OEM deal with them where Cisco can sell their UCS boxes in Simplivity, and now they've got the few
2: storage array. Yep. Uh, and they're hmm.
1: gonna and all they're missing is a filer. Come on, they're missing <laughs> a filer.
2: Yeah, but if they like it, they should have put a filer on it. I, I'm channeling Beyonce here. I'm sorry. I'm, but
1: I'm singing that with you. I think that's the new thing. If you like yeah. it, they should have put a filer on it. <laughs> here we go. And you can even do the chorus. E-e-bo, all the single bo,
2: arrays. All the single
1: arrays. Yeah.
2: All, all, all the single arrays out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is going downhill pretty quick. <laughs> and, uh, very As inclined. it should be. Of it,
1: course. It, it is, but then to bring it back to the selling point, when you said, wh- when is a converged solution not a convergent reference architecture?" I, I remember, I think you guys, I think it was you guys that did one all about, you know, you had VBlock, FlexPod, VSPEX, mm-hmm. uh, you can probably give me the correct name for the HP converge reference architectures that they did with all the different things. And, and it's, when do you move from that right when do you move from being a very prescriptive set of components that work which is what vblock got sold on and it's why it was so good right so you know before i joined Nutanix i was at a cloud provider we had five of them uh we had a couple of uh avamars we had um the object array we had a lot of kit in there of all these different things and the vblocks were great because they pitched up they arrived yeah it took a while to get there and a bunch of people to get it up running but once it was up and running you knew it worked because the components were there so now you put the netapp filer on top and it's little things what happens when a patch gets released so we've all gone through patch management julian with his virtual connect did mm-hmm. the storage array upgrade the other day and tweeted about how wonderful it went so who's going to do that testing who do you call for support when you need to upgrade a bit of virtual center or a kernel module or the netapp filer and that's where the model breaks, I think.
2: Well, if you buy the EvoRail from NetApp, it's going to be NetApp that's going to have to do that support for you.
1: So then, are you limited by what they support? So if VMware yeah. release a pet, you know, you're waiting on them to then support it. <laughs>
4: yeah, but wouldn't it, at that point they would have to? I mean, you know, or else that would break the whole. Uh, forgive me for using this crappy uh,
1: phrase, but one throat to choke. Yeah, agree. <laughs> But that's what people want. People are willing to pay a premium for one throat to choke. Now, uh, you, I, I know I am in the consumer life. You know, I'm happy to take my gas, electricity, and water from one provider because it's one phone call. And it might be slightly more expensive, but in the long run, it, it's less of a hassle for me. Hmm. So I've converged my utilities, so I have converged utilities. It costs me a slightly bit more, but when something goes wrong, it's easier in my life because I phone one number, one customer, and they know exactly what's going on. And hopefully they organize, if it's a mixture of problems, they can organize all the digging up or whatever they need to do within one company.
4: Converging of, of utilities brings us closer to our uh, Mad Max at Thunderdome future, <laughs> if you ask me.
1: <laughs> Two <Do> converged uh, <laughs> infrastructures into only one can leave.
3: <laughs> I mean, surely converged infrastructure, be it converted or hyper-converged in a X number of years' time is the only way people are going to be buying infrastructure. I mean, really, the faff that we've all gone through in bolting these different bits together, uh, you know, converging it is the only way. Obviously, you know, the network is slightly separate from that because something like a V-block includes the networking, but something like hyperconverged, hyper-converged, be it Vsan, Nutanix, SimpliVity, whatever, doesn't include the network. Yeah, so that's uh, the levels of hyper converge, but ah. Oh. Then does the, the SDX
1: vision uh, stitch that together with the network?
3: Uh, hey, it's all
2: software. You just put it in NSX and everything's good. <laughs> at what cost?
3: And uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: nah, don't be. Nah, it's not
1: that expensive. <clears throat> just sign up to the beta of NSX and get to download the eval copy and. Uh,
2: yeah, well, all you have to do to get the, the uh, to get the bits for NSX is att- attend a five day course. Then you get it.
0: See, and people complain about having to give their email address to get one of our emails. We don't send <laughs> <say one> them <laughs> a
1: five day course for it. Yeah, but we know what you do with our emails, Chris. So you know, <laughs> truth, so we, we make, make you check, check, know. checks and balances. You know, one of those <laughs> things. <laughs> no, it's one on. of the things. Also, it's I say. One I one know, of know what they, they do with the emails. So you know. It, it was the one throat to choke. Why the hardware? <laughs> because you can control the performance. And I think HCLs show that. You know, I, I you know, think Joe Bagley is great. I have all the respect in the world for him. But when he shows that side saying your future is the white box, I'm like, come on, no one's going to go out there unless you're Alex Galbraith or William Lamb and buy all this white box kit and put your home labs together in an enterprise. You're just not. You're going to buy solutions that have been certified supported. You walk into the big banks, pharmaceuticals. They buy from a single hardware vendor because they've spent eighteen months going through due diligence with them. Hmm. You know, we, we don't get into them with Nutanix with our hardware. Dell might if they buy Dell, or if they're HP, shop it. You know, if it ain't on HP, it ain't coming into our data center. And that's not just performance and reliability. It's the support aspects, the cost, spares around the world. There's more to this. So whilst white box is a great idea there is going to be still that level of, I don't know, certification is the right word, but sign off almost. that. Okay, yeah, we've checked comfort. this word. Yeah, yeah, comfort, actually, that's the right word, comfort. So that risk, know ma- it works. Mitigation or risk management, I suppose. Well, well um, passing the buck, I'm going to say passing the buck. People say risk mitigation. Risk mitigation is making sure I don't get my ass in the grinder, someone else does. Well, That'd part of part of the risk uh,
4: mitigation and risk management thing now is actually multi sourcing of vendors, you know, because it's a little bit volatile at the moment. If one, if you, if you're like a big vendor, like say, uh, we put everything in EMC, and then EMC completely breaks up.
2: I mean, yeah, that happens at swingers parties. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Things go We are towering. not talking multi sourcing at swingers
1: parties. We are not going there. <laughs> no, I I get what it's saying and but it is worse than double dipping. Yeah. <laughs> it's about passing the buck. It is. You know, when you're signing off on a project, if something is you know, when I worked in the security world, you guys remember a bit of my background, it was always well if something's got an EAL certification behind it, you know, someone else has done the due diligence, I'll accept it in. If it breaks, I can always point the finger and say, Well, well hang on, it had the tick boxes you wanted it to you know, you pass a PCI audit, if you then get hacked, you go after your auditor. And you, know, you it, how much risk do you want to carry yourself? So do you as the architect want to be the guy that's responsible for buying all that kit on eBay and trying to find those cheap little SSDs you bought from wherever, or do you say, you know what, I'm willing to pay the premium, you give it to me, and then if anything goes wrong, I'm just going to phone you up and say, where's my replacement? It needs to be here within four
2: hours, please. Okay, so basically we're the next step is then moving from converged infrastructures to comfort-based infrastructure. <laughs>
1: actually, I don't. That think sounds that's like better.
0: the of infrastructure.
1: <laughs> I think that that that's actually a, a a really practical description of it. To be honest,
2: it's what yeah, you're comfortable it. with. Yeah, until you stick a filer on it, then you're screwed. Evo, <laughs> <laughs> Evil. evil. <laughs> Comfort filers,
1: there to help everyone. <laughs> I picture
4: it being like covered in shag carpeting. Comfort filer
0: Really well upholstered. It, it's oh, was, funny. were those, um, those craze that were like furniture that, that, were, that were actually upholstered? We're back to swingers parties again now.
1: <laughs> I'm just seeing Ed's uh, lovely mugshot on Skype and seeing him with a big shag carpet on his head. It looked good. It looked good. <laughs> Mm, a pink one.
0: <laughs> oh man. You know, you might well have, EMC can have their uh, dual power supplied U- um, blue LEDs on the front, but you know the net app plays jazz music.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: you nice. can make a coffee off of it.
0: Mm. <laughs> Provides artisan bread, the ultimate in dipstophylers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, you guys have raised some, amongst all the, the fun and my new interest in swingers parties, clearly. Um, especially in Norway. It sounds like Bergen's the place to be. Yeah, come on over. Bring your car keys. <laughs> yeah. It, you've made some good points. It's not just technical, right? So we put a file on and you immediately raised nothing to do with the technical issues. Okay, there was a bit about, oh, you want to put your VMs on there, but actually you picked up on a ton of other points. The support, the management, and just... Why the hell would you do that um, on that? And you know, there's a lot of, you can see political messaging in there. Why do you put on tap on with all its data services features if you've why got VSAN?
0: File, so yeah, why not just have a file server on a VSAN?
1: Yeah, and you look at like Atlantis messaging that the Atlantis are going out, data services for VSAN. You know, and I think there was another point the other day that came out, I don't care about where it's done on the API or the CLI is dead with Cisco suing Arista type thing. I don't hmm. care. I just want the policy, and 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 that's kind of where it's coming. Okay, I don't care the data services, the policy, the what I want to happen with my data. And you know Julian's done some great posts about um, the VVol's stuff. And when we drove back from the VMug, I was lucky enough, you know, to have him impart all his knowledge on me about this is what's coming. And, you know, it's, you don't do you care? Do developers care about where the data is going? No. You now I want it to do. X, I want it to be compressed or deduped, but well, actually, no, you don't want to tell me. I'll detect that on the data. I need two copies of it, and I want it backed up three times a week, please. Yeah, they, make, they need it, it so. there.
0: They need enough of it, and it, they need it at a, a given level of performance. And other than that, they really shouldn't necessarily care, as long as you can adhere to those three rules of
3: hmm.
0: yeah, it's got to be available, it's got to be fast, and I've, I've got to have enough of that storage. Then, then
3: that's. And the important bit is that's encoded in policy. It's not, I mean, in order to achieve that, I must make sure that my VM disk is stored on that LUN, NFS mount, whatever. There's none of that. That's all, you know, policy is tacked onto a VM and the data gets shifted, duplicated, copied, protected in whichever way to satisfy the policy without anybody placing anything, knowing actually no smarts in, in the placement of things. That's all done as a data service. And
1: then there's the integration, right? Whether it's Veeam, Semantic, EMC backup that is doing that backup Mm. as well. So it's the policy has to be able to integrate with other systems or do... I'm still nervous about which way around this works, right? Do I have a policy that is overarching and you have to work with that? Because that then becomes the standard and we know how well standards work in IT. There's never just one. Uh, Or do... We say, right, well, we'll define a policy this way. And it goes into, like, the old BizTalk engines when EDI Commerce all first started. And then, so long as you can translate that, then you can take the backup, Mr. Vendor. Um, It's going to be interesting how that works.
2: Yeah, well, but but VMware is doing the same thing with NSX as well, where you define the policies, Mm. security policies and whatever, on the container that makes sense. And that's the VM or the VApp. So that makes a lot of sense to do those things there uh, and then just define the policies as you need them and pr- have the network or storage or whatever component you have behind it just provide that level of uh, acceptance with in, in accordance with the policy. That makes a lot of sense. So that is SDDC yeah.
0: Yeah. in a natural Assume, Assuming, though, that underlying network or data protection or storage has actually got the intelligence to be able to tell sort of the policy engine what policies it can provide.
2: Yeah, and that's the well, point V VVOLTS especially, uh, that the, the arrays and storage behind it actually tells That's what they can do. Yeah,
1: and and the hardware can do it. So again, I come back, oh, you can just pick any old Y box. Can the hardware do it? We come back to the switches. Networks typically have a very common set of components. All the networks I've been involved in, all the top-brand Top-of-rack switches are the same code, the same vendor, the same X, Y, Z. Whereas as we're seeing in the storage world, hyping the virtual server world, there's slight variances. You know, SSD from one vendor might not be the same as an SSD from another vendor, slightly different, slightly different where. And it's going to be that, like you say, it's, okay, you want me to do this, but I'm only capable of X, and you're asking for Y. So where do we meet in the middle ground as to what I can do? And then do you live with Y, because that's all I can deliver? Or do I get tossed out of the group because I can't do what you need me to do and I'm off the HCL?
0: Yeah, hmm. But That's what, what about um, sort of verifying? So if things like VASA are designed to communicate the abilities of an underlying component,
1: hmm.
0: what's verifying those abilities? Say if um, you know there's almost a field in VASA where you say, this is the maximum IOPS I can provide you. Um, and actually, because I'm a somewhat less than honest manufacturer, I'm going to actually lie and say that I can do a lot more than I can do because I managed to bullshit it in some sort of extreme lab condition test um, and kind of force some incorrect information. Um,
2: what's keeping the same, same thing with VAAI as well? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not, not not all VAAI are created equal. Some are more equal than others, and that that's actually a good point.
1: I think that's going to be the clincher, Chris. You end up like Liverpool then. You've got all these (laughs) star players who promise so much and deliver nothing um, because they said they could do X, Y, Z. And that enforcement has not been decided yet because that needs a standards, not a standards body, but people to agree, okay, what's the minimum acceptance criteria for this to happen? Mm -hmm. And not to pick on a point, you saw it happen with the VSAN HCL. The minimum criteria was set. Everyone agreed to it. And then it got realized, actually, that's not good enough. And a whole bunch got tossed off. Now, they weren't being, like you were saying, slightly dishonest. They adhered to the criteria that was set and proved okay. they could do it. So then you also have, okay, when we change the criteria, how, how do we then, you know, it's like tax laws. When tax laws change, okay, maybe Ed doesn't have this because he lives in a tax haven in Switzerland. <laughs> but, you know, can you set the rules you know, can you go and punish them retrospectively for things? So that needs to be very interesting. It's yes, here's what you need to adhere to and as you say then, Chris, how do we enforce that? How is that checked that you can actually do what you're saying you can do? Yeah. Well, the by, policy
3: by, needs to be self checking in a way. that, you know, checks and balances checks and balances with the sort of political way of doing things. But yeah, if you if you say you can do X, I, O, P, something should be testing that and and either proving it or working around it when that doesn't work.
0: I it's, mean, I'm thinking of like things like, like a, a, um, a uh, you know, sort of a Netflix chaos monkey type uh, demon that is responsible, you know, the, the honesty monkey, or the honesty orangutan or something that actually goes around to uh, uh, you know enforce right if this. So software and says it it can do x i'm going to test it with these procedures
3: hmm. but i suppose that's also part of the job of the hypervisor in some use cases i'm thinking uh, things the like things storage I/O control. io control that that, that, that is, is although that's listening and talking to the storage, storage it's actually measuring, it's the measuring the latency of the, latency storage, of the storage, storage itself, itself and, and, regardless, and of regardless of what the storage, the storage, storage says or thinks it's, it's doing, thinks it's doing it's what the, the experience the of the hypervisor is that dictates whether a machine gets moved to another LUN. So the hypervisor itself is doing its own checking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I suppose that's there, that's there, the,
2: there is some, some missing. Uh, you, we can talk about software-defined data centers and everything, but some of the magic sauce is kind of gooey at the moment. It, it, everything isn't quite... <laughs> gooey and sticky yeah. like Marmite. Yeah. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the recipe has been perfected yet.
1: <laughs> no, uh, it's it's. So, from a purely Nutanix point of view, we have a lockdown hardware. We know exactly what it can do, so we can make decisions and create software based on that, right? Because we know the answer we're going to get back, and we know it's not lying. The um, yeah, OEM deal with Dell—it's a lockdown set of hardware for now, and you can see why. So with those constraints comes a lot more, I'm not going to say features, but a lot more trust potentially because you know what can happen. But then It's introducing you, we, that comfort. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have a comfort factor within a known zone, and I know what I'm going to get with this. And then when you open it up, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, here's the rules, guys. Here's what you have to abide by. Here's the tests. If you pass the test, I trust that you've got in. I can't guarantee you haven't cheated to pass that test. But you know, I'm going to take you at face value, and I think nice. in the IT world we've been burnt too many times to take people at face value. Not just on that, on all sorts of things. You know, my backup software in the old Legato Networker 3.1 days when I did it told me I had a backup. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah.
0: just write to Dev now. <laughs> um, uh, only
1: when I did a restore that I find out
2: it was lying.
1: <laughs> 3.1. <laughs>
2: yes. Wow,
1: long time ago.
2: Yeah, backup and restore are two different things.
1: If I had a filer, it all would have been sold.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's end that with filer.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: let's filer. Yeah, my closing comment is: go on eBay now, buy a filer, you'll be sorted. Christian, <laughs> Christian says so. Yeah.
4: So, guys, uh, thanks a lot for listening to V Soup Fifty Three. Um, thanks to um, Matt Northam and. Um, Julian Wood for being on. Oops, are we fifty-four? No,
0: that, that is fifty-three. Sorry, uh, I was confusing the weeks in the year. Uh,
4: yeah, I was actually. Yeah. I was delayed because I was actually going to the web page to check.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we double dipped the wall at fifty-two. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is fifty-three.
4: Yeah. So yep. either you guys have anything uh, to plug or anything like that. No.
1: Nah. <laughs> alright then <laughs> Merry <pregnant>. Christmas
0: <laughs> and catch up with Julian at uh, Virtualization Field Day
1: in yeah there. that'll be good give us some, uh, give us some good tidbits there Jules
0: yeah we, we might have to challenge you to get get some words in
1: <laughs> <laughs> Filer Swinger Party <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many times can you say Filer during like, someone else's presentation
4: thanks for listening guys